Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pots Moving and Storage Studio, this is The Ramsey Show. It's where we help you win with your money, your work, and your relationships. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by my colleague, George Campbell. The phone number to jump in is toll-free. It's 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Let's go to San Diego, California. I love that city, George. Beautiful One of the many reasons, no bugs. I didn't think about that. No bugs. We live in the South where mosquitoes can carry a toddler. I don't go outside unless I have to. Yeah. Not in San Diego, my friend. Uh, All right. So Lena Ray is there. Let's go. How can we help? Lena Ray. Hello. Hi. How are you guys? We're great. What's going on? So I'm in a dilemma because I'm in the military and I'm transferring out within the next about a year, I'd say 12 months, uh, uh, 12 months to 14 months from now. Um, but I'm in the baby steps. I'm currently in baby step number two, and I'm thinking about selling my car. Um, I just don't know how to go about that. What I'm just afraid, I guess, to take the next step and, and choose a car. What? How much loan should I take? Uh-oh. Um, All right. So first and foremost, we want to say thank you for serving our country. Absolutely. You are a great American. Thank you very much for that. Tell us about this car that you're thinking about selling. So I currently owe 40000 on it. It is Whoa. a Tesla. Oh, yeah. Tesla. You're talking to the right guy you today with George. George likes Teslas. <laughs> uh, so you owe so 40. I have a great interest rate on it. Oh. There's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you. The best interest rate is 0% with a $0 payment. That's so, what I got on my Tesla. So now why do you want to sell this <laughs> Tesla? Why, why are you calling us, asking us uh, about selling this? Are you, is, it, is it killing you? Is the car payment killing you? Let's be honest. Absolutely. And you're not even driving it much? I'm not driving it much, no. Okay. And what's it worth? Um, after plugging in the numbers at a higher value, maybe 38 to 39 right now. And then let's say you lower, sold it for 40. That leaves you with no money right. to buy a car. Do you have any cash on hand? Just my uh, 1000 saved. Okay. And no other debt? No, I actually do have a lot more debt and that's why I'm trying to sell it. <laughs> okay. So this is I one step. 75 with the car. What's the other debt? It's all consumer debt on credit cards. Okay. Oh, so you got thirty five thousand in credit card debt? Yep. What's the interest rate on that? Uh the highest interest rate on one of the cards is twenty seven percent. The oh rest are Oh, I need some Pepsi AC immediately. Oh. Oh, okay. Heartburn. I'm almost done paying that one off. <laughs> Good. Well, absolutely we are selling this car. Are you gonna need a car ASAP to get around? Yes. Okay, so can we get you a little beater car? Let's say you waited to sell this Tesla for three months, and whatever you have saved in three months, we're going to find you a cheap car. Is that reasonable? Yeah. What's your income? Um, total income, I would say 9000 after taxes. A month? Yes. And how much of that do you have after paying your minimum payments on your debts? How much could you save towards that beater car? I'm only paying minimum. I... I think I can save within three months about $6,000. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. I'm on the hunt. San Diego, used car, $6,000. You are going to find some up here. the exact opposite of what you're driving now. What model Tesla is this? <laughs> A Model Y. Okay. All right. 
So you're going to miss that Tesla. And whatever's next is going to be the saddest, worst thing you've ever driven for now. <laughs> the good news is we're going to get you back in a Tesla if that's what you so choose later on down the line once we are debt-free with a fully funded emergency fund. And we're going to do it with no payments. We're going to pay cash. I'm ready Does for that it. that sound good? Yes. Okay. I'm glad you're willing to make the sacrifice. Most people calling in are even unwilling to sell the car. So the fact that you're going, should I sell it? I feel like I need to. Uh, and you have a great income. You're making six figures. Yeah. So we're going to knock out the rest of this credit card debt real fast without that payment. What's that Tesla payment right now? 837 Oof. Can you mm -hmm. imagine having almost 900 bucks back in your life to throw at this credit card debt? $837 oh, a month. Game changer. Oh, my gosh. Because you're probably no. paying 800 bucks in interest on those credit cards right now, at least. Uh, yep. Oh. Lena Ray, we are pulling for you to knock out this debt fast. Is there any way you can create more income? Yeah, so I'm actually, I've been doing DoorDash, and I did it for one weekend just to try it out, and only did maybe like 14 hours and made 400 bucks. That's Whoa. awesome. Whoa, that's incredible. Yeah. The good news about DoorDash <laughs> is no one gives a rip what you drive. That's true. They just care if their food got there and it's still warm, and Isn't you didn't that eat their fries. Right. And if you're that embarrassed by it, I'm a fan of just pulling 500 yards down the street. They don't see it. That's true. Nobody cares, to your point. <laughs> sure. Care. Good for you. Well, but that's awesome. Lena, Lena Ray, drive like no one else until later on you can drive like no one else. You're oh, doing it the right way. Well said. Proud of you. And again, thank you for your service. You are a great American and you've got this. Let's go to Lincoln, Nebraska, where Jackson is on the line. Jackson, how can we help? Hey, hey, hey. How are you guys doing? We're having a blast. What's going on? Awesome, awesome. Okay, so me and my wife are out of baby step two. We have baby step three done. Uh, we were going to save for a house, um, but I really, really want to be a pilot uh, as my long-term career eventually. And if we go that route, we would be putting off buying a house for several years because flight school is quite pricey yeah. and it takes a while. So I just want to know, what would you guys do? I would do whatever it takes to get through the uh, pilot training without any debt at all. And if that means putting off multiple things, that's what I would do. Because it just, yeah, there's it's no reason to have any debt for this. It is expensive. Oh, yeah. But when you come out of this thing, you're going to be one of the few pilots who have no debt. And you're going to be flying the friendly skies, debt-free, and the house will still be there. So I, I would do whatever it yeah. takes not to go into debt, cash flow it. How long would that take to save up and cash so, flow this? So it's about, um, it's 95000 for all seven ratings. And um, then I have to be an instructor to build my hours for, for a couple of years. So I'd say... It would probably take about three years to save up and then a, probably another two or three years to go through everything because while doing a full-time job here, um, it would be hard to um, go faster than that. So get through, the, get through the training and everything, and then I'd have to be a flight instructor for maybe a couple years. So I'm looking at, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, long, a, journey. it's a long It's like going road. to med school. It is. And you have a spouse? Yeah. Yes. What do they think? Yeah, they're they're very supportive. She's very supportive of me. Um, she wants a house. But, I mean, we've kind of talked like, hey, we can rent a house eventually. I mean, like, if we want to have more space, we can still rent in the future. And she's okay with that. And she's completely on board as well. Oh, that's huge. That's the most important part. Yeah. Because then you're going to be willing to do whatever it takes. Because we agreed on this vision right. for our life. And it may take longer. It may look different. But I love that you're choosing your reality. Yeah. And we can't have the cake and eat it, too. We want the house. We want to do the pile. 
but we've got to choose which one is the priority. And here's the thing, Jackson, I'm not saying you're going to do this, but it could be very easy for someone in your situation on a long journey like this to start to feel guilty about midway through and your wife is still supportive. She's on board for the vision, but all of a sudden you go, oh, I feel like we got to get a house and we we just slip into debt. Don't do it. Mm. Stay the course. It's going to work out. Don't move. More of your calls coming up. This is The Ramsey Show. Are you working the baby steps? One of the smartest and most impactful changes you can make is to ditch your cash value life insurance plan, if you have one, and replace it with a term life policy. Listen, the only thing a cash value policy is good for is overcharging you for the life insurance and then paying you a crappy rate of return on your overpayment. Stop wasting your money and really focus on getting out of debt and growing your savings. For over 25 years, I've trusted and used Xander Insurance to find the best rates on term life insurance from the top rated companies. They keep the whole thing simple. You can apply online or over the phone and they even have low cost plans that don't require an exam. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Even if you don't have a cash value policy, if you're one of the 70% of people who have no life insurance or not enough, it's even more important to get this done. 800-356-4282 or Xander.com. Welcome back to the Ramsey Show, America. I'm Ken Coleman. I'm joined by my colleague, George Camel. We're here for you this hour as we answer your questions about money about your work and about your relationships, all three of those areas of your life, they just have a way, George, of bleeding into each other. If you're not winning in one, it tends to affect the other. And we are here for you this hour, 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Let's go to Megan, who joins us in Atlanta, Georgia. Megan, how can we help? Hi, um, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I just, I'm a recent um, graduate. I just got my master's degree and I'll be working um, for the first time um, pretty soon. And I just wanted to um, know how to go about establishing financial boundaries with my parents. Uh-oh. So the very question here, George, tells me that you feel like there aren't some healthy boundaries now. They're so crossing I'm just, some lines. I'm just curious, what what is the source of this? What are you concerned about as maybe not being a boundary? What's going on? Tell us a little bit more. Um, so I uh, had the gracious displeasure my last year um, of grad school living with a family member. And um, they didn't charge me at all. And they even opened up saying like, hey, we get you're just starting out, you know, like you can stay with us longer. Um, I definitely had planned on, you know, giving like a monetary gift uh, monthly, um, even though it's not required. Um, However, my dad is kind of like very just expectant of like, how much are you going to give? And I kind of was like, oh, I think that's for me and that family member to discuss. And so he's not involved in this, in the actual yeah. transaction. It's not his place. Yeah. He's not, has, he's just gone, well, you should be paying him. Um, he, um, well, I had already established that I am, but I guess he's kind of just like insistent on knowing how much I would be paying them and like creating like that number for me instead of me and that family member talking uh, to ourselves. And what has your response been to him when he's uh, digging? Uh, I, I told him, you know, 
that I'll talk to it with the family member and he definitely wasn't happy about it. Um, he said, you know, I, as, as, as my father, I shouldn't keep information like that. I'm being secretive. So I, I just want to go about like, you know, I do love my dad and everything, but I do think it's time for me as an adult to like, you know, be on my own. And so just trying to find that sure. like balance. All right. So let me, let me ask a question. Is it that you don't want to pay the amount that he's suggesting, or you just don't want his, his input at all? And the reason I ask that is because what's the big deal with you just going, Dad, here's what I've decided. I'm happy to tell you. It's not a secret. I'm just deciding what I'm giving. And it, it feels like he just wants to have input. And I'm just wondering why is it that big of a deal for you to just say to him, all right, this is what I'm paying, Dad. You want to know what I'm going to do. This is what we've arranged. And then if he disagrees, um, then you deal with it. So my dad, um, his input, he'll say it's, you know, a suggestion, but there's an implicit thing that you kind of have to do it. Okay. So this to you is a clear dividing line by saying, I'm not even going to tell you. It's just between me and this other family member. Yeah. So what is his motivation? You know him better than anyone. What do you think's behind Um, this? I know his motivation um, is definitely just like... I know his motivation is definitely just to, I guess, make sure that family members aren't talking and thinking I'm just mooching. There and, we and go. I get it's that. his reputation on the line. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. Okay, that's what I was digging for. Yep. Because the motive matters. Some parents are just going, you know, they they have the they looking out for you. They want the best for you. But this feels like if they find out through the grapevine of the family that she's only paying three hundred bucks, they're going to be coming at me going, "Wow, your daughter's so cheap." And that's a reflection yeah. on him. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, this is, uh, as our friend Dr. Henry Cloud would say, you've got to draw the boundary line, the mm-hmm. property line that marks what you're responsible for and what he's responsible for. And this is not mm-hmm. his responsibility. Yeah. And if it's going to put uh, a tear in the relationship, that's on him, not on you. And I know that's hard to say, but it's going to, it may cause a rift that is un- unrepairable depending on his response. Do you think it's? Do you think it's not? Uh, you think it's something that's going to last a long time, or do you think he's going to get over it eventually? Um, I'm hoping and praying it doesn't last a long time. Um, you know, I definitely told my parents that I am thankful for everything, but I do think just me as an adult going forward, these are just some things I should kind of like keep to myself regarding my finances. Yeah. And, so this conversation um, has already happened. Yeah. Yeah. And how is it so far? What was, uh, I, what was his reaction? He wasn't happy. <laughs> yeah, but I understand he wasn't happy. I want to know, what was his reaction? Uh, like, what, he, when you say not happy, did that mean he was gave you the silent treatment? Did it mean no, that he... No, he, he definitely, you know, definitely blew up, which is expected. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Definitely <sighs> did the whole, like, you know, as your father, which is expected. Um, my mm. mom was also not the happiest, but she's more understanding, like, you know, I'm not happy, but I understand it's what you have to do. Um, How long ago think, was this? Uh, like a couple hours. Oh, okay. This is fresh. So, so this is like the hot now sign at Krispy Kreme Donuts. I mean, this <laughs> is this is fresh. Yeah. Um, well, do you believe you did the right thing, yes or no? I do. Okay. I do. I Parent, think, parents I, are the best at making us feel guilty and selfish for our decisions. Yeah, I think you have to hold the line to say, I love you too. I respect you. I'm sorry you feel the way that you feel. 
but I'm still your girl. Your values are intact. I'm doing the right thing and cast a vision on what this is going to look like going forward. And mm-hmm. so that they get their mind off of this fear that George pulled up on here. I mean, he figured your dad out pretty quick on this deal. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's just, there's some selfishness going on here, but it's what I would call uh, it's unintentional. Your dad's just worried about you, his reputation, the whole nine yards. And you know what? He's having a hard time letting go of you. Yeah. Yeah. So I would tell you to, and I feel like you have the spirit on you right now, but the spirit of grace, of understanding, compassion for dad, which is hard to have compassion for somebody that blows up on you. Yeah. And I'm going to do you one better, Megan. We're actually going to send you a copy of our friend, Dr. Henry Cloud's book, Boundary. So hang on the line and uh, we'll Thank make you. sure you're sent that book. And it may be one you, you give to dad, not passive aggressively, but you're saying, dad, <laughs> this book's been really helpful for me. I'm learning all this now as I'm becoming an adult, how to have these really hard conversations. I found it helpful, not just for this, but for all areas of life. And I think you'd get a lot of value out of it too. I think you're right, Ken. Dad's having a hard time letting go. He's used to being able to tell the daughter what to do. She's a grown woman now. She gets to make her own decisions. Yeah. And based on what I heard from her, she's very respectful. I think so too. She's got her life together. She's, she's not right. doing anything out of control. Yeah. You know what it makes me think of? Uh, I was reading, and, and I'm sure you've seen these lists before. They're quite popular. In fact, there was a best-selling book written by an Australian nurse uh, that uh, she was a hospice nurse. And she published this book on the, the top regrets of people who are dying. Oh. And one of the top five regrets of people who are dying is... I wish I had lived the life that was true to what I wanted to live. In other words, and as you start to unpack that phrase, you realize that these were people who made big decisions in life that pleased others. Based on the expectations That of did others. not please themselves. Mm. And so what happens is, is if you don't establish boundaries here, and you're always trying to make decisions that please others that are in absolute a conflict with what you believe you should do, you are going to be a person who dies with regret. Mm. And it's that important. Yeah. Well, I've heard this quote, and Dr. John Deloney is quoting another psychologist physician when he says, choose guilt over resentment. Yeah, right. That's the healthiest way to go That's about right. your life. Resentment will eat you oh, alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Guilt is something we go, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I feel d- guilty for yes. telling dad off, but at least I'm not resentful. So true. I'd rather disappoint somebody than, than resent them. Than live an inauthentic life. Isn't that true? Man. Wow. Well, Megan, uh, we got the book coming for you. You read it and live it. It's really, it's going to be a game changer and set you free. Thank you so much for the call. All right, folks, quick commercial break. More of the Ramsey Show coming up. Don't move. Welcome back, America. You are joining the conversation here on The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. I'm joined by George Camel. The phone number to jump in is 888-825-5225. You got a work question? Not happy? But you're freaking out? I'm in the baby steps. Can I can I interrupt my income? Do I need to? Uh, you got a money question? Well, we are here for you. 888-825-5225. A lot of you are planning to move sometime soon, and that's always exciting. Uh, but we've got to get real with you here. In most places around the country, you're going to be facing some sky-high home prices. Interest rates are not going to return to their record lows anytime soon, but that doesn't make it impossible to own a home. If you want to buy or sell, you've got to make sure that you're financially ready and that you've got a trusted and experienced real estate agent to walk you through it, not Uncle Larry, who just got his license last month. You need a pro who's a true expert. You can find a high-caliber Ramsey trusted agent like that through our endorsed local providers program. 
and we vet the agents around the country so you're going to get the best support whether you're moving from florida to alaska or buying your first home somewhere in between go to ramseysolutions.com slash agent that's ramseysolutions.com slash agent let's go to atlanta georgia sarah is on the line sarah how can we help hi there here's my question I am 54 years old, and I just got out of debt. I am a substitute teacher who is building her emergency fund as we speak. Is it impractical for me to dream about owning a building at my age that would house my own LLC restaurant? Okay. And how old are you? You broke up when you told us. Maybe that's God. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's no shame in your game, but it does play into our answer. How old? 54. Okay, 54. Got it. And what is your current income? Um, well, it's um I make um 1000 roughly $1,700 a month. And how often are you substitute teaching to make that? Um, I, uh, 14 day, uh, about 14 days, roughly a month. Okay. And what about the other, you know, 16 or so days in the month? Are you working? Uh, I, I mean, it, it varies. No. Uh, okay. It's not Sounds right like at no. 14, but it just depends on, it de- I'm, I'm classified as on call. So it just depends on when they need me, that kind of thing. Okay. My I, the reason I ask is to figure out how we can get you closer to your goal, and income is a huge part of that. You know, we always we always say that your greatest wealth building tool is your income, and and Ken is so good at helping people increase that, which is a huge part of getting to this goal. You said you're in baby step three. You're getting the emergency fund in place. That's great. Do you have anything in retirement? No. Okay. So okay, so okay so so. It's going to take, we, we've got to stop looking at time. And I understand the heart of your question, but you at this situation, the time will take care of itself. The answer to your original question, is it realistic for me at 54 to think about owning a building that I could then have a restaurant in? It's realistic, yes, based on activity and your income. And right now you are, you are not making much money at all. And so the clock is ticking really fast for you. And so the more income you can make, then we get more realistic on what that time frame looks like. But uh, I lived in the Atlanta, Georgia area for a long time. What area do you live in? I live on the south side. Live on the south side. Okay. So uh, have you even looked at a building that uh, would, would house what you want to do with it? And you have any idea what that would cost in your area? Yes, I have looked at that. Okay. What, what are we looking at cost-wise? Uh, $178,000. Okay. See, now we've got a number. And so how long will it take us to save up $178,000? Because we don't want you going into debt for this building. Okay. Because you're, you're really, you really are at this stage of the game. You don't have much retirement at all. You're you're working through baby step three, which is great. So this is going to have to be a get after it hustle situation. And so if the number's five years, seven years, 10 years, that number is determined by the income that you can make. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And then we have, and did I hear you say restaurant, that you wanted to have a restaurant as well in this building? Yes, I want to own the building and um, move my LLC restaurant in. I've already got my LLC status for my restaurant, but um, I just um, need a building. Okay, but what are you currently running this from? 
Yeah, where are you running? I don't to- want to rent because it's like seven or eight thousand dollars a month, and and I want to put that money toward my humanitarian efforts because I have a humanitarian edge to my LLC restaurant. Are you running and, a restaurant um, right now? No, we're just on. We exist on paper. That's it. Okay, that's what I thought. So it's an LLC, but it's not a restaurant. Okay. Uh, George, so, I mean, we got it. We got it. This Sarah, is an income I, I want to be realistic. Yeah, Based on your income right now, this dream is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Based on your income right now, we would need to increase this by a whole lot. Yeah. And I want to think about where, how, do, how does Sarah retire one day? Let's just say the restaurant doesn't happen. We need a game plan. Yeah. So we need to figure out how do we start investing. Do you have a home currently? Yes. Is it paid for? Yes. It is paid off. Okay, what's the home worth? What's the what? What is the home worth? Um, it's worth eighty thousand. Okay, and that's pretty much all you have to your name plus your emergency yes. fund. Okay. Yes. So I want you to start thinking about developing a plan so that ten years from now at sixty four, we've developed a little bit of a nest egg by investing that may start with a Roth IRA for you, maxing that out. But we also need to get our income up to do that. Right now, we don't have money to invest. We don't have money to save towards this restaurant, and we're not going to be able to buy a building in cash. So it may start with, I'm going to go work at a restaurant, learn the ins and outs of the business, get in with the manager, maybe take over management one day so that when the time comes, I'm ready to do this thing. Okay. Would you be willing to do that, to go work at a restaurant and learn all the ins and outs of the business? Uh, I would be willing to um, start from the the ground up. I, I have a college degree, so, so okay, hopefully so, I'd be able to. So, Sarah, here's what I'm jumping in real quick. So we, we've got to start to get some real numbers for you to see. we got to get out of our head, and we've got to get some real numbers. So you've got to increase your income to the level that, as George is saying, that you actually can put 15% of your income away in Baby Step 4, because that's first and foremost. It's more important than the restaurant. And then after that, in a given year, you're going to have to be able to put twenty to $30,000 away a year, George, on minimum yeah. just to get to the point where we can buy a $170,000, $180,000 building plus any startup cost. And I'm concerned about the startup cost of the restaurant. There's equipment. Well, and, and truthfully, the rate at which restaurants fail is scary. It's enormous. So, so I want you to do so much research, do so much homework, talk to actual restaurant owners whether they've been successful or, or unsuccessful, yeah. learn from these people before you jump in. Because I'm worried at this point we're never going to be able to retire. Yeah, And uh, that's my biggest biggest concern for you right now. I agree. And so, Sarah, this is not in any way meant to dash the dream. I just want you to have a realistic picture of what you're dealing with. You're looking at on the low end twenty to $30,000 a year that you'd have to save. You start multiplying that at 54, how many years we're talking about, and that's going to be a very sobering picture, but a picture you need to see. Yeah. Okay, and here's why. You could buy a building and may never launch a restaurant in it, but if you buy the building down the line and it becomes a part of your retirement strategy, or maybe you get involved in a restaurant and work your way up into management and get involved and maybe buy equity into I mean, the point is, is that why are you dreaming about a restaurant? I'm not going to make you answer that, but we may have to adjust the details of the dream, but keep the essence of the dream because of the financial realities, George, that's 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 where we sit. And yeah. so if we can't do this, what can we do that meets that same heartfelt desire that she thinks the restaurant, this LLC, and it, I, I'm it always meet? a fan of starting small and doing it with cash. That may mean eventually, maybe one day we have a food truck 
And maybe one day that food truck becomes so successful we have the brick and mortar store. I love the and food And one day truck. we get so successful with that we buy the building and we own. That's the stair stepping I want here. Yeah, yeah, that's really good advice. Sarah, thank you so much for the call. Do the homework, get a real picture of what you're dealing with, and now you've got a plan that you can attack. Thank you again for the call. He's George Camel. I'm Ken Coleman. This is The Ramsey Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by George Camel. 888-825-5225 is the phone number to jump in. Today's scripture of the day is Proverbs 4, 25 and 26. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Our quote of the day, George, you must have picked this one. I know you're a big Shaq fan. I had nothing to do with it, but I'm a fan. I'd love to see you and Shaq side by side in a picture. We've seen Muggsy Bogues out there. That's That's pretty much what you're going to get. (laughs) You like that reference? It's about the same thing. I love that. Today's quote from Shaquille O'Neal, excellence is not a singular act, but a habit. You are what you repeatedly do. I don't know. Do you think Shaq said that? It feels like we could have put anyone's name there, and I would have believed it. So it's plausible. <laughs> Shaq's funny. I love Shaq. He is a uh, he had a podcast for a while. He's got a, he's got some great quotes. I just don't see him saying it that way. That one feels too serious. It, it is. He's he's a great dude though. Very funny guy. I had a chance to meet him once, and oh, he nice. swat when he shook my hand. It was like my entire arm went into his hand. It was, was like a baseball mitt. Yeah, essentially. Wow, fantastic. Triple eight eight two five five two two five is the number. Providence, Rhode Island, is where we go next. Jaden is there. Jaden, how do we help? How's it going? Good. What's going on? Uh, yeah, so just uh, shortly, briefly uh, summarize my, my situation. I'm uh, 21 years old. I uh, When I graduated high school originally, I went and took a year and a half of college. And um, my major kind of just, I kind of lost interest. COVID was happening. I was online. So I gained some student uh, student loans. And um, from there, I switched careers and I went into the uh, iron workers. So I'm in that union now. And um, I have about... Nine point two, about ninety two hundred dollars of debt right now, and uh, that's counting uh, five hundred dollars of credit from my credit card. I'm just honestly looking for the best way or some some financial advice to go from here because I'm doing monthly payments currently, but I feel like I feel like it's just going nowhere. Okay, so we've got about eighty seven hundred in student loans, five hundred on credit cards. Yes. Are those separate student loans? How many are there? If you broke them out, uh, there's four separate student loans. What's the smallest one? Uh, the smallest one's fifteen hundred. Cool. So the this is the way I attacked my student loan debt. I it was exactly like you. I had credit card debt, student loan debt back in twenty thirteen. I had forty grand mm-hmm. total. And so the way I attacked it was using a method called the debt snowball method, where we lay these debts out from smallest to largest. So your credit card goes first. How quickly, okay. if you made minimum payments on your student loans, how quickly could you attack the credit card debt? If you were working extra, selling stuff on a budget, cutting expenses. Yeah, Next month, how quick I could I? Yeah. Um, I mean, right now the job I'm working on, I'm making, if I work a 40 hour week, I'm, I'm taking home about 650 a week. Okay. So, um, I mean, I, I have some other bills monthly, but like, such as like car insurance or whatnot. I mean, I could, I, I feel as if I could definitely pay it off in like a month or two. Yeah. I was gonna say like a month and a half, two months if I just completely focus on it. Great. So then you free up that credit card payment and now we can apply that plus all the extra margin you had to the next payment and the next payment until you knock all of your debts out, smallest to largest. And on okay. average, that takes folks 18 to 24 months. Well, you know, with uh, with your level of debt, nine, nine grand, I think you'll do it faster. 
Okay. Sounds good. So that's the way to do it, my man. That's yeah. it. It's that simple and it's that hard because you got to focus on one thing at a time. Isn't that true? And you have to not look at the interest rates, which is hard to do, and you just have to t- go on a vengeance. Yeah, with that maniacal focus. Yeah, it's great. Linda is up next in Austin, Texas. Linda, how can we help? Hey, thanks for taking my call today. Um, I have, I just retired. I'm 68 years old. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so excited. You, yes, you should be. 72. Say that again. I've been working since 1972. (laughs) Wow. That's fantastic. How long have you been retired, Linda? Well, I'm, it's uh, next Saturday is my last day. Oh, so Actually, we it's oh. retirement the second time around. I retired once in California. I moved to Austin, got a job again, and been working. And here I am. I'm Did a little encore career, and All now right. you're sailing off into now the sunset. Now she's done. She's she's had it, folks. Yeah. She's out. Plus, you I get two it. retirement parties. I like that. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, what's your question? I have been collecting uh, Social Security for a couple years, and I get a pension from California, which I'm doing pretty good. You know, monthly, I have no bills, but one thing came up here at this time. My mom passed away a couple years ago, so I'm going to get about $114,000, and I owe 83000 on my house, and I have a interest rate of 2.875. So my question is, the financial advisor, which I just rolled over my 401k for that company at 103000 I rolled it over this week. She says I shouldn't pay my house off of that money. I should just reinvest it with them because the interest rate is so low. Well, of course, Linda. The financial advisor is going to tell you to invest with them. Ah, it's like asking. It would be like asking a gastroenterologist if if you want to get a colonoscopy. You know, you're going you're going to the wrong place for advice on debt payoff. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know you were going to say that, but so (laughs) not that they're a bad financial advisor, but they're incentivized to get you to invest. That's how they make money. That's how their brain thinks. So I would encourage I you to pay off this mortgage tomorrow. I will when Today. I get Today. You're going to get a payoff only, quote and wire the money. Yeah. And you'll still have thirty-one grand left. Yeah, so then what do I do with that? Well, so what was your mortgage payment? Uh, my mortgage payment was without tax $616. Okay, so we've got a few extra hundred bucks in the uh, in the budget now. We have our Social Security. We yeah, have well, our pension. I'm bringing in about... Four thousand two hundred forty between Social Security and my pension. Awesome. No bills. Well, now we just got a little cushion in retirement, and now we can live and give like no one else. We can give a little more, spend a little more, and uh-huh. continue to invest. Do you have any other investments? No, I just rolled that over this week to an investor, and they're going to put it in some uh, mutual funds. Okay, and I've never done that before. So, but you have no money in investments. It's all Social Security and pension right now until we get this right. money. I'm- yeah, right. well, that money is rolled over. Yeah, it's here already. I just got to take it down there right. and give them the check next week. Yeah, whatever's so. left, throw into some mutual funds, and you can continue to pile on top of that with whatever margin you have uh-huh. left. But I like having a goal for giving, saving, and spending. And so let's increase our yeah. giving a little bit. Let's have Linda have a little fun, uh, increase some uh-huh. of the spending line items for fun money, and then we're going to invest some as well. Okay, so then I guess I could uh, give it to them, or else I was just going to put it in a a CD account or just to have for in case something happens. I don't know. Yeah, I would just park in a high-yield savings account and keep it liquid. Uh, that way, if an opportunity yeah. strikes or you want to buy something or whatever it is, you'll have that money ready to go. And you've got you've got great Perfect. rates right now with those high-yield savings accounts. 
Yes, I've been looking at them, the uh, CD rates and all that put in there for a while. So um, I really appreciate you. So I'm glad I'm going to go pay my house off next week Woo! on my retirement. Linda, rate. that's Woo! amazing. It is That is yes. so fantastic to be retired and no house payment. And that's a nice little chunk of change you get to decide what to do with. And George gave you some great advice. These are the, these are the fun problems sure we get to grapple with, yeah. Ken, is yeah. Linda out there. Yes. Linda, what is one fun thing that you think you'd like to do now with this extra margin? What is the one thing? Probably no, no, one, so. no, no, one fun thing. I don't want to put pressure on you to say one thing, but what's one fun thing? George gave you some great advice. Celebrating this milestone, two milestones. What do you think you want to do? Oh, God, I don't know. I'd probably <laughs> go, to, go to go on a vacation somewhere. There we go. Where are you, where are you going? That, that's what's on what the bucket list? What's on the list? I think Paris. France or something Paris, like that would be fun. The City of Lights would be fantastic. Yeah. Yes. All right. All expenses paid. No no debt here, Linda. Linda we're Linda, not going back. You need to stay in tune with George and everything he's doing. This guy can give you all kinds of hacks on how to do Paris for less. I'm That's sure. true. Have you done a video yet on this? I need to. You probably should. I was looking at Costco travel at Paris trips. See? I got the oh, itch, yeah. Ken. I there got the you itch. go, Linda. Yeah. Costco travel. This is more than you yeah, asked for today. It's more than America I do needed. Have a Costco card. There, I have a Costco card too. Not, hey, Costco member, you're you're. I'm a fan of that. As long as not the credit card. Cut up the credit card. But if it's a membership card, no, no, I don't use. I just use a debit card. Dude. No, she Wonderful. just means to get in the building, George. You never know these days, Ken. Okay, I you appreciate ask. that. Hey, that's Linda's fun. going to Paris. I feel like we just sent her like Price is Right. You're going to Paris, Linda. I know. Behind door number three. Hey, good hour, George. Always fun to be with you, my friend. I want to thank James Childs, our fearless leader, and the entire crew behind the glass for keeping us on the air. Hey, America, this is your show. Thank you for tuning in. We believe in you. You got this. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Ken. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey baby steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.